So those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Julie. I'm kind of the mummer of the house. And uh, I love this house. I love this church. Why don't we just stand for one minute, just close our eyes for a minute. It's been a lot of talk, a lot of stuff. I just want you to just hear God. So let's just focus in on that moment for a minute. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. We glorify your holy name. We worship you, Lord. Yeah. Come on, just lift a song up, Tim, just for a minute. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Hey, we worship you, God. We worship you, God. Come on, sing it. Sing a song. Sing a new song to the Lord. Lift your voice up and worship Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Father, this morning we come before you as your children. We position ourselves as sons and as daughters to hear the voice of our Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Abba, Father. Daddy, God. We ask you to connect with us this morning that we might hear your voice for this church, for this house, for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. How many of you know that um, culture is so important? Culture is so important in our lives. You know, if we have a home and we don't have a culture or a standard or values in that home where, that we abide by, it can be a very chaotic home. How many mums and dads have sort of things in their home that they just go, no, that's what we do in our home and that's what we don't do in our home. And this is the culture we want to set in our own home and this is the culture we don't want to have in our own home. How many mums and dads put up your hands, nanas and poppers? Nanas and poppers as well. And so we've, we've, we've worked really hard, uh, Pastor Phil and I, over the last 23 years to build a culture in this house that carries our values. You see, you can't translate a culture into your home from someone else's values. Other people value things differently to you. And so it's usually the mum and the dad of the house that set culture because they're the ones that have the values that have been given to them by God. And so we have values in this house, although we're a part of C3 and we do, we do come under the whole culture of C3, but each individual church has different pastors, is that right? And each individual church, each individual pastor has a value system that's been given to them by God. And that's actually what makes up the culture of the local church is what comes down from the head. Who says yes to that? Yeah. You, this is interactive. You can talk to me. I'm, I like conversation. So, so Pastor Bill and I really worked on our culture and our values. And we sat down one day and we wrote a whole list of what's important to us in the local church. What do we, as mum and dad of this house, want our family to experience? What do we want our family to get out of when they come to church? 
we definitely don't want a religious service. Never. We definitely don't want people coming in, singing a few songs, listening to some words and going home unchanged. Never. We definitely don't want a loosely connected body of people that are not interconnected and family and carrying each other's loads and walking with each other. We definitely don't want that. So what do we want? We got all our values and we just brought them all down into these three words. And actually, we're just about to add another word to that, which we're working on right now. So it'll be four words that actually express our value system and therefore the culture of this church. And as C3 Tugrians and even those that are visiting, it's very important to understand the culture of the house that you're in. Because your kids, when they go out into school or whatever, and they're hearing things or they're being told things by other peers or other kids at school or even teachers, you want your kids to come back with, oh, no, we don't do that in our house. Don't you? Yeah. Or you want your, you know, I know when my little granddaughter, recently they were doing, um, what's that witchy thing they do? Halloween at school. And she goes to a public school. And she was actually able to say, no, we don't do that in our house. You know, because that's the value of in our house. Therefore, that's the culture in our house. And you're able to stand up for your rights. Well, as a church, as a family, it's really important for us to know exactly how to answer anything or how to defend or even how to know within ourselves what's the culture we should be walking in? What is expected of us here? What what should I be um, tolerating in other people or what should I not be tolerating in other people? How do we implement the culture within our church and the value system within our church all of us together, rather than it just coming from a pulpit and we're all trying to do it like robots. But actually to embody this culture, to embody these values, that these are my values. They aren't aren't just the values of Pastor Phil and Julie and the core team, but these are my values. This is why I come to this church. I come to this church because there are value systems in place in this church that make me feel alive, that make me feel like I belong, that help me to experience God. Amen? And so those three words there, you look at them and go, experience, transform, belong. What I want to do quickly in the next 15 minutes is unpack those three words for you and help you to start to, to process, even those that have been here a long time, Keep processing these value systems because as we reiterate them, we start to get it. How many many of you know you have to do things 40 times before it comes a habit? Some people say 40 weeks. I've been on a diet now for more than 40 weeks. It's almost a habit. Although when I smelt those chips yesterday, I don't know how good that habit's going right now. So I might need another 40 days before I'm not tempted by carbs Again, because I did eat a big plate of hot chips yesterday. It was your fault, Andrew. You went and bought them and tempted me. My favorite food in the world is hot chips, by the way. And, uh, but I'm doing well. So, so our core values come out of... Our, our core values determine our culture. Who knows that? So one of the core, core values in our church is experience. And this is what we believe. We believe God the Father intended that every one of his children would have a vibrant, intimate, 
experiential relationship with him. That he is not, you know, God is watching us from a distance, but he is up close and personal. That he is right here. That we, we, we have a value that we want you to connect with him. Not just to connect with him through us, because we're not the priest of the Old Testament. We're not here to connect him through us, but we are here to teach you how to directly go to your daddy God and how to experience him for yourself. Amen? So he sent his son, Father God sent his son, the exact representation of himself to demonstrate his character to us. So you say, well, what is God like? Well, all you need to do is read the bits in red, read the stories of Jesus, and you'll work out what the father is like because the father is the exact representation of the son. And so as we preach Jesus, as we preach the stories of Jesus, as we talk about Jesus, what he was like, what was he like when he walked throughout the earth? What kind of people did he embrace? What kind of things did he say? What was he like? That's the kind of father that wants to know you because he is the exact representation of his father. God was so distant from his people that he sent his own son. He sent his own son to represent him, to give him another representation from all the lies the enemy had sown about who he was because it was absolutely false that he is our daddy God who wants to be intimately involved in our lives and he wants to help us and walk with us and talk with us and and love us and love our kids and love our families and he wants to give us jobs and he wants to, you know, he's just a dad. And so we treat him like this, oh, like he's up there and I'm down there. He doesn't really get me. We want you to experience God in his fullness. Amen? Jesus walked among us and wherever he went, whoever he came into contact with would have an experience, an awakening, a revelation of exactly who the Father was. There was no way that Jesus can come near your life and you don't have an experience in him. And we want the true Lord Jesus to stand up in this church. Amen? We want Jesus to be so real in this church that you, can't, you come into this house and you experience him. You experience what, it can't, what it's like for, for Jesus, the King of Kings, to look into your eyes and find you and find the treasure in each one of you and draw it out. You experience what it's like for him to look at you and see more in you than you see in yourself as he brings you into your own identity in him. Amen? I mean, everything that God created was, is experiential. I mean, all you have to... He says that, you know, man is without excuse, really. I mean, just look at all of creation. Man is without excuse. I mean, you cannot dive into the ocean and not feel something, not experience something. Into the blue waters. I was talking to someone about the Adriatic Sea, what it's like. near Croatia when we went there and just jumping off the side of a boat into this crystal clear water where you could see right to the bottom and there were no sharks. That was like heaven for me. Uh, There was none of this feet under the water. There was none of that. It was just like 
I was experiencing God in these crystal clear waters, you know, because he wants us to experience. Otherwise, why would he put so many experiential things in our lives? You know, the sun, when the sun, the winter sun hits your skin. I mean, it's just like, oh, you know, isn't it? Everybody goes, oh, I just feel so much better because we've experienced something of the creation of God. The wind, you know, yesterday there was a really warm wind and when the warm wind blows on you and the sun's on your skin, you just go and you breathe and you feel spring coming. It's like, oh, I'm experiencing something. I don't know why we get to church and feel like we don't experience God. When everything he is and everything he's made is for experience. What about a little puppy? Like, no one, um, okay, you may not like dogs, but a puppy, everyone loves a puppy. I mean, you look at a little puppy, you're experiencing something inside of you. What a baby, a baby crying, a newborn baby. You touch a baby. When a baby's first born, you're experiencing. God has created us to be experiential, to feel, to feel him, to feel life, to feel one another. He's created us to be feeling people. Amen? And we, we go to churches and, and, you, and they want to shut out all your feeling. Don't feel. Don't be emotional. That can't be God. How ridiculous. How ridiculous. When everything he is is emotional. What about the human touch? You know, just someone touching your hand, someone giving you a hug. You know, they say the endorphins are released. Well, what about when God touches you? How many endorphins get released? I mean, really? You want to stay young? You want to know my beauty plan? You want to know my Botox plan? I just let God touch me every day. And all the cells, and I'm just gorgeous, gorgeous. (laughs) I can say that. I'm nearly 60. It's all good. I'm comfortable in my own skin for a change. Anyway, in the, in the same way, we're created to experience God. I was listening to this song and it says, yesterday, just, I feel the wind upon my face, your heart, your sweet embrace, such peace I could never fake. When I'm near you, I feel the scales falling off my eyes, my heart's veil ripped open wide. I'm like I'm born a second time. When I'm near you, I'm coming alive in your presence. I want you to think that that you wrote that song when you come into our church. That's what we want. We value experience. And because we value experience, we make a way for experience. How do we make a way for experience? Well, one of the ways we do that, and I want to just take my hat up to my daughter, wherever she is. There she is. She's at the sound desk doing sound now. to her and the way that she's trained this worship team, even though there were light on this morning, you know, some people are cooking sausages and stuff and they're supposed to be playing guitars, but, but, but something happens. Everyone says when they come into our church, there's something about that worship. There's something about that worship. Because why? Because Jilly, my daughter, has trained a team that know how to walk in the presence of God. When Doug sings, like he sang this morning, it comes from a deep place in Doug. He's not singing a song. He's relaying a story of an experience that he's had himself. Because you can't take anyone anywhere that you haven't been yourself. Is that true? true. 
And so our worship is one of the ways we make way for experience. The other way we make way for experience is open heaven prayer. See, a lot of you wouldn't understand what goes on behind the scenes. But behind the scenes, there is opening heaven prayer going on every day for you, for your family, for this church, for this community, for the lost outside this building, for everything that flows in this church. I'm telling you, every day there would be four to five hours prayer going on just in our home. That is without the prayer meetings that are going on. That's without the prophetic people that are praying, the intercessors that are interceding, those with gifts that are released to make a way for you to experience God. So that when you walk in here, you know, there's a song that says, you are the wind beneath my wings. When you walk in here, there's a wind behind you. There's a wind underneath you that's being created by open heaven prayer. It's not just like, please God, please bless. No, we're addressing the heavenlies. We're opening the heavens up because we're an apostolic prophetic church that knows how to open up things for your life. And so it's not by mistake that people drive into the car park and begin to weep. Why does that happen? Why are they experiencing God in the car park? Why do mentally ill people come to our land and want to just sit on the grass, say it's the only place I've ever find peace? The voices stop when I'm here. Because there's an open heaven atmosphere that has been made ready for you to experience God, for anyone to experience God, for everyone is welcome to experience God. Jesus proved that to us, amen? Hallelujah. So we make a way, and these are, I'm, just, I'm just snippeting little bits because I want to get to, we're going to do a panel in a minute, and we're going to ask some people, do these things actually happen in this church or we just talk about it? Transform is the next word. Anyone who came into contact with Jesus was transformed. Who says yes to that? If you, if you read your Bible, you have to say, oh yeah, they were. Everyone. You know, from fishermen to tax collectors, from prostitutes to religious leaders, they were all transformed. They were all changed. Amen? The born-again experience is described as a process called metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is when something completely changes shape and size and form. It's when a caterpillar goes into a, into a cocoon and, it, and it's formed and shaped in that secret place. Transformation process happens and it comes out a butterfly. It comes out with the full purpose of its lifespan. See, it wasn't meant to stay a caterpillar. The caterpillar was just the thing that was going to form the butterfly. And there's caterpillars inside of us there's, the, there's, there's spaces inside of us that God wants to get in and form the fullness of who we are. And what are we to express on this earth? What color are you meant to bring? What, what gift are you meant to bring? What is it in the fullness of who you are in transformation that you can actually have your God purpose on this earth? You know, the love that's in your heart. I think of Sonia Elliott, the love that's in her heart when she's, you know, just at work ministering to, you know, sick children at Westmead Children's Hospital. And she's ministering to sick children. Are you there anymore at Westmead? Anyway, you're at one of those hospitals. And she's ministering to sick children, to their parents. She's there. She's with newborn babies. She's praying life into them. She's speaking life into them. Wherever we are, the transformation process will set us up for our life ministry, 
for our life purpose and our destiny that's inside of us. I'm only touching on this stuff. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's also a journey of sanctification, transformation. Another word for that is sanctification. We're being made new. We're being made new in our minds by the word of God. Our minds are being renewed, are transformed by the word of God. Amen. We're being renewed inside of ourselves as we make right decisions. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to make good decisions in our lives. And we're being transformed. What are we being transformed into? We're being transformed into the very image of God. The original state. Amen. We're being transformed into his image. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we with all... All with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. Back to the original intent, Genesis 1.27. So God created man and woman in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You were created in the image of God. And the transformation power that comes from the Holy Spirit, from the upper room where they were all filled with the Spirit of God, they were given power. You were given power. And the Holy Spirit works inside of us to transform us back into the original image. I always say it's like the Holy Spirit comes and he's just taking stuff off to reveal the real you. And inside you, there is a very image of God that's waiting to be released by the power of the Holy Spirit, according to Acts 1.8. Hallelujah. So transformation is actually restoration. You're not trying to make you something different to what you are, Lil. No, we're trying to find you. God's trying to find Lil. Where is she in there? And, you know, the transformation power is like the butterfly coming out. You know, being formed and shaped by God in the secret place inside of you as he takes you on a journey. And it's a journey of transformation. It's a journey of transformation. I, you know, I'm still, I'm still being transformed. Not quite the butterfly yet. But anyway, I might just have one wing out. I'm not quite sure. I might just be displaying some of my colors, but I am nowhere near finished. I mean, I'm going to shine at 70, 80. You know, I'm going to fly higher than I am right now as I grow older, as God continues to transform me. Though outwardly I'm wasting away, inwardly I'm being renewed day by day. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. Woo! That's encouraging to all the people around my age group there. So we value this so much. But how do, we, how do we make way for this in our church? We value transformation. This is what we do. Number one, by fivefold preaching. A lot of people don't get this. A lot of people don't understand that we strategically invite guest speakers into this church that have fivefold ministry gifts. And in, within a year, we will have a pastor, a prophet, an apostle, a teacher, and an evangelist. Every one of them we invite in to speak to you. Why? You don't even realize it's happening. 
but you're being brought to maturity by the fivefold ministry. You're being transformed by the preaching of the word by those who have been given grace to mature you and to impart to you and to release you in your gifts. So we already have apostles, prophets, evangelists and everything in the church. But how good is it, like last week, having Vicki Simpson, the prophet, come in and speak over us as a church and something shifts in you. You don't realize it, but something shifts. It says it here in uh, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry, not to sit in a pew and watch us do it. We're equipping you, you to do it. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. I love seeing people find out who they are, find out their gifts, you know, get switched on. You know, Mick was sharing with me before how he was witnessing to a girl this week that was suicidal. And he said, and he just goes, well, I'm just going to do it, Pastor Julie. I'm going, Can I pray for you? And he just lays hands on her and she's, you know, she's getting touched by God and he's breaking those things off for life and he's leading her in, telling her about Christ, leading her to the Lord. I love that stuff. You may not be very good at it. I'm not very good at it either, Mick. But the thing is, we have a go, mate. And that's what we are as Aussies. We just have a go, mate. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. And it says later on in that scripture, it says that, that, that we come into the full dimensions of spiritual maturity. You know, there's a lot of babies sitting in churches sucking their thumbs and whinging still and changing nappies. You know, and that we need babies. We need the babies. But listen, it's time for the body to grow up nurture the babies and bring them to maturity. It's not just our job, it's our job. Amen? As a, as a, so another thing, the second point. I'm going to have to go a little bit over time today. Keeping the altar alive. That's a really important thing for us. You know, it says in the, in the Old Testament, it says, bring the fire to the altar and make sure the fire is burning on the altar at all times. Never let the fire go out. That's something that we have. We have a powerful altar. And when people come, they have an encounter with God and we're never going to shut that down. We are never going to make this a, a, a church that, that doesn't have an on-fire altar. Because if God wants to transform a person's life, who am I to stand in his way? You know, my father was an alcoholic and, and I loved him to pieces. And he was a good man. And I'm getting more good memories as I get older of him. But, you know, I was really embarrassed to bring people home. Because he would get angry, he would yell, he would throw things, and it would be really embarrassing. And I swore when I became a Christian and we started this church, I said to my Father in heaven, I will never be ashamed of your ways. Never. I will never be ashamed. If you want, you do whatever you want to do. And if people find that hard, well, they're just going to have to find it hard because my dad said, my dad said that he wants to transform a life and I'm going to let him. Amen? And so that's where... And we do it with dignity and we do it with love and all those kind of things. We're not freaky or flaky. We're just God lovers. The next thing we do is we have prayer ministry, freedom ministry, and inner healing. That's available to anybody to go through our prayer ministry 
with Phil and Fleur and our team. We have a team of prayer ministry people that will go deeper and that will, you know, if you get a blockage, I just can't get through this. I can't overcome this feeling of rejection. I can't overcome this trauma from my childhood. I feel like I'm having dreams at night and they won't go away. I feel like we're always sick. You know, things like that. See Phil and Fleur and get booked in for some prayer ministry. It's so beautiful. Freedom ministry and inner healing. We have special pop-up groups such as Wilder's Heart. You know, how do we transform men? How do we do that? Phil Cairns has got this passion and Pastor Phil to transform the hearts of men. Well, let's do a course called Wilder's Heart and let's unlock the wild in the men and let them out of the box that, you know, we women have put them in and society have put them in. Like, let's give them their back. Uh, I wasn't going to say, it just starts with B. And uh, let's give them back. Amen. Let them stand up as mighty men of God. Uh, empowering of gifts of the Holy Spirit, such as the prophetic company. And I run a prophetic company here. And I'm raising up prophetic people who understand God. And they're not weird and they're not, you know, stuck in a back room. But they're incredible people of God who are transforming lives as they learn how to use the gift that's on their lives. Bible college and internship. It's a transformational journey. We do internship here. We do see through Bible college, through our internship. And then, then of course, how to belong. You know, belonging is a really thing. It's an incredible thing. And, you know, we are an orphan type nation. Australia is an orphan type nation. We were sent out here. We were rejected. And then the Aboriginals were slaughtered. So there's rejection. You know, there's, there's it's all kinds of rejection in our roots. And so it's really hard for us to come up over that and not feel like we're orphans, not feel like we're misfits, not feel like we're rejected ones, not feel, feel like we're the down under people. No matter what nation you've come from, you're a down under person. Once you join our gang, you join our gang. You know, it's just you're part of us. But it's very hard for us to rise above that. So we've got to get to a place where God begins to touch our lives and give us a sense of identity and belonging, where he lifts the rejection off our lives, where he speaks deeply into our lives and brings us into a place of identity and belonging. 1 John 4, 4, little children, believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to him. You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong, you belong. Amen. 1 John 3, 1, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. 1 Peter 2, 5, you also as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, I love it that we are living stones being built together. Anybody hate being trying, people trying to make you into a brick? No, you're just the wrong shape. You need to be a brick to fit in here. You have to dress like this. You have to walk like this. You have to talk like this. If you want to be a Christian, you've got to carry that big iPad. You don't carry a big Bible anymore. Carry that big iPad. You know, you've got to wear the white shoes. you just got to, Andrew. And, uh, you know, you've got to have the do. You've got to have the do. Like, no, this is just not what God wants whatsoever. We are living stones, which means that it's living stones. We're all shapes and sizes. We're all, we're, all, ooh, we're all so beautifully different and no one wants to bring conformity. But Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by your, in your mind. Don't be conformed. 
We want you to be a living stone. We love the shape that you are. The only trouble is, Pastor Phil, just come here for one second because I'm used to rubbing up next to you, so it's all right. Come up here. So if I'm, there, I'm trying to fit into him and we're living stones being built together and he's got this weird shoulder and I'm sort of trying to snuggle in but his shoulder keeps sticking in me and then, and then his bot- my bottom's way too big and I can't, hang on, I'll stick my bottom in there and see if that, that works and maybe if I hang, this might work and this is what happens when we come into church together. It's like, I don't fit with you. Nah, I don't like you. You know, but we've got to be formed and built together. And your bumpy bits are the bits that can fit into their crevices, if you know what I mean. I didn't say anything rude, did I? No, okay. Anyway, it's not a sex education lesson, children. It's all right. I'm not doing a Chris Pringle now, am I? No, no way. See, that culture's seeping down. Stop it, Chris. Thank you, Tony. He's the conservative Tony understands me. So there you go. Acts 4, it's certainly different. That's good, thanks. Acts 4, 32 to 35 in the Passion Translation says this. All the believers were in one mind, one heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community. For they shared everything they had with one another. Psalm 68, 5 to 6. To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of, the, of a family. Amen. That's what he wants. He puts the lonely into families. Church is a family. Church is home. You belong. You belong here. Amen. We value belonging as we encourage a sense of belonging We do things like dinner parties. We encourage people to say, just go invite someone to dinner. And I'm encouraging that right now in this house. When we say, go say hello to someone in the church service, don't go and say hello to the people you know. Huh? And all the people you don't know go, oh, that's awkward. Well, they're awkward too. Believe me, they feel awkward standing there and no one's saying hello to them. Feel what they feel. Let's get over our awkwardness and just put our bumpy bits over there and and connect with one another. Invite people back for dinner after Sunday service. Hey, what are you doing? You want to come for lunch? Be spontaneous. Be spontaneous. Do we have to plan you and schedule you to have lunch together like little children? Or can you actually invite someone for a meal? Be spontaneous. Dinner parties. New Christian courses we do. We do C3 youth. We do C3 kids. We do young adult community. We do the milk and honey cafe, don't we, Meg and Ed? Because why? Because we want community. We don't put on food just for fun. We put on food so you'll stay and eat together and have a coffee together and fellowship and connect together and become community. We put a greeting team at the door. Everyone wave to me if you're on a greeting team. Look at them all. All these greeting teams, they don't just stand at the door because it's a, you know, oh, well, I guess I'll be on that team. You know, they're standing at the door because they want you to feel as if this is your community, like you are, you're involved, that you belong. We have connection pastors that walk around talking to you, making sure they're connecting people with people, making sure people get to know each other. And we have pop-up connect groups that continue to cause us to belong to one another. So that is really fast through, okay? We're going to write these down. We're going to get them on a board. The last one we're going to add on to there, which we're still talking about, but it's some form of outreach out. 
So we have C3 Cares that, are, that we're reaching out to our community. We have C3 Nairobi that we planted a church in Kenya. We're reaching out. So it's not just enough to experience, transform, and belong and keep all this in here. But freely you have received, freely give. So we're adding another one to that and we're balancing it up in Jesus' name. Now, if I could quickly have all those people up here, we're going to be another 10, 15 minutes and we're going to close the service. I'm just going to ask people a few questions. If you could take this down. Why don't you say hello to people? Say hello to someone sitting next to you. Now, go. Woo! Be spontaneous. Go. Okay, here we go. All right. This is Lee, this is Christy, this is Mick, this is Hassidy, this is Sharon, and this is Tom. We should know them all, but maybe you don't. This is part of our family, and they deserve a bigger clap than They're great. Uh, Because they've got the guts to be up here and you haven't, so there you go. (laughs) So we want to know, we want to talk about, is this working? It's one thing to say this is what we want this is the culture we want this is what we want to happen but then I, we, I want to ask people and see if this stuff's working who wants to know you can go yeah okay so I'm going to ask some questions okay so I'm going to ask some questions from these people and we're just going to chuck this mic around and then they're going to put their two beats in so have you experienced God that's the question I'm asking and then I'm going to say, in what way? Now, I'm talking about since you've been in this church. So first, let me make it clear. You're fairly new to the Lord, fairly new to the Lord, about 30 years, fairly new. Four years, four years. So she's, she's, she's not quite a baby anymore. 20-odd years there, 11 years. So we've got a bit of a difference in people's maturity levels, right? So... Who wants to answer first? Have you experienced God? You go first, Lee. Yeah, I've definitely experienced God. I've experienced his love and grace since coming into the church. It's helped me let go of my past. Yeah, so good, isn't it? Yeah. So when you experience him, you actually feel, he's saying, he's helping you let go of the past. Yeah. So I didn't help you do that. No one here helped you do that. Yeah. That was something that happened there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I know that your desire as a dad is to be the best dad he can be and that nothing from his past life he said to me I want nothing of my past life to be on my kids or near my kids I want this is a whole new start for us and I want my kids to never go through the stuff that I went through or never to experience the things I experienced and so he's taken a stand as the dad of his home to say whatever you want to do in me God you do it because it stops with me. This stops with me and my kids are going to be godly Christian kids who are going to have a great chance at life. Amen? Amen. Um, I've de- definitely... These two are married, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely experienced God in this church. Um, He's just set me free from a lot of things that I've been hanging on to. Yeah. Um, but talking to people in here, um, in their experiences, I can relate to them as well. Yeah. And I just feel I've never been to a church like this. Um, I feel things, I see things differently, and I know that he's working within me. 
Because you're very prophetic, aren't you? So you've probably... I didn't realise until I came to this yeah. church that that's what was going on. Yeah. Um, and that's how I've experienced him, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and she has such a beautiful gift. And she's been in church, but it has never been recognised or never been uncovered. And so she's had dreams and visions and seen things, and her sister is the same. And, you know, when her sister first came to this church, Carrie ann she's not here today, she said to me, I, I probably, I need to share something with you, but you're probably not going to like me anymore. I have to share it with you. You probably think I'm weird. And I said, oh, what is it, Carrie ann She said, you know, I have dreams and I have symbols in my dreams and I know exactly what they mean and I feel like I need to pray those things through so that I can set people free. I said, oh, I think you've come to the right place. You know, it's like, no, you fit here. You're, you're, you're just freaky enough to fit with us. We love it. Yeah. And so releasing those gifts, so they're doing my prophetic school and I'm seeing that so beautiful, the gifts coming out, so I feel profound. normal here. You feel normal. Yeah. That's good. Mick. Yeah, I've experienced God powerfully because um, the first time I come here, I think I come here with an attitude and I was in the flesh more than I should have been. And when I dropped my guard, open my you heart. You don't want Mickey in the flesh. Like, he's a tough boy. You're like, you know, you know. When, when, when you open your heart and you come in here hungry, Jesus is here for sure. It's like you just open your heart, open your door, and, and the amount of hunger you got is the amount you eat and, and you just soak it in and it, and you can't help not to change and, and, and want to do stuff and, and show love for people. That's so good. Cassidy? Um, yes, my God experience is, I just know that he's real. Yeah. He's real. Yeah. And he loved me. He loved me, and I don't even deserve that, but I know it's real. Oh, good girl. That's beautiful. Um, for me, being a Christian for 20 years, I think as a new Christian, you experience God a lot in the beginning, like he wants to encourage his babies. And then as the years go on, things get tougher and you don't maybe, you sort of, where are you, God, in those moments? Yeah. And we'd been around to a few different churches since coming to the coast and weren't just, we weren't fitting anywhere and, you know, our children didn't fit or we didn't fit various things and um, then we came here and similar to what you're saying everything makes sense now you know the things that I see are normal I'm not weird and um, previous churches anyone with like prophetic gifting or intercessory stuff with the lunatic fringe and put on the outer <laughs> so I think also that the mother thing like we'd been I had been personally um, mentored as a new Christian by a very godly woman, very prophetic woman. And then I moved down to Adelaide and I lost that. Like we kept in touch, but it wasn't the same. And I remember saying to one of the leaders, you know, I just really want a mother in the faith. And they're sort of saying, well, maybe you don't need that anymore. Maybe you're to be the mother now. And I thought maybe, yeah, I just need to grow up. And I think over the years, I've learnt that I do still need that mother, and I don't think it matters what age you are, mm. but to have a mother to kind of keep you on the right track, especially if you don't have a Christian family, which I'm not from a Christian family. So, um, yeah, I've found that awesome, the generational thing. There's other, other people in the church that come alongside and have really helped us as a family with our children and everything. And that's something so, that's so strong in our church too, because we love generational because that's the way God set it up. 
He has set up that we, we do need fathers and mothers in the faith. We do. And we need brothers and sisters and we need aunties and uncles and we need grandmas and grandpas. But without the voice of the father and mother, we stay immature. So it's so true. Tom. Yeah, um, the, the main way I've experienced as God is uh, through definitely through the worship. It's like you were saying earlier, there's always been something about the worship in this house that's just different. Like there's something in it. And uh, being a musician all my life, that's um, like I feel things through music like uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, and e- even um, like I started my journey at this church through the youth group. And even back then, like there's just, this is different than what I normally experience. Yeah. Um, and then through that, um, through this journey of 11 years, uh, getting like, having more and more experiences like that and uh, having God change me. It's just been really, really awesome. So good. Yeah. So good. Well, maybe we'll start at your end. Yeah. Now, um, are you on the journey of being transformed? And I'm going to ask you this question because I'm talking about one, tell me about one transformational moment. And, you know, a lot of us will see, we see the altar happening and we see people perhaps being touched by God in various ways. And we can stand back because we're not part of that experience and not really understand it and not know what God is doing or whatever. And there was just a few weeks ago, um, Tom, you know, I I just tell you, the burden I have for this kid and and all of us, when I say kid, you're a young man, but you know, you're a kid to me, um, that we've had for Tom because we've watched him walk through years of depression And it can get so frustrating when someone you love is just in this dark place so often. And when musicians, musicians and creative people are what we call skinless people. And so they feel things, that things hit them harder than other people who with other giftings. Musicians, creative people, they feel pain deeper. They they feel things and they can get very damaged as children because things that are normal for other children aren't normal for them and they, they get they get hurt really deeply. And so a few weeks ago, uh, Tom, I think God got frustrated with where you were at too as your daddy God. Mm -hmm. And we'd finished, we kind of done the altar call. People had some quite amazing experiences. And Tom was just coming down off the drums at the end of the service. And I said, Tom, would you like some prayer? Just as a token gesture, really. I was feeling tired. We'd done a big altar call. I was over it. I thought the anointing had lifted, to be honest. I was ready to go home. And he says, yeah, yeah, I'll have some prayer. I lay my hands on him. Tom, you were on the floor under the power of God for an hour and a half. And, and, I mean, people would have heard him crying and wailing and screaming at times. What the heck is going on? And uh, can you tell us what was going on inside you so people understand yeah. When God touches the, you like that, it's not freaky, it's not weird, it's actually quite beautiful. It is, um, in the best way I can. Um, it was just so freeing because, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I feel things more than I think other people do, as yeah. you said. And um, throughout my whole life, I've just had a moment after moment, encounter after encounter, like negative ones yeah. that have just lumped up and that experience the other week was God like it felt like literally God performing surgery on the inside of me yeah and that was what that's why it took so long and why it was so painful was because there was just so much that was in there and um 
like I've always felt uh, on the altar like I've had an experience, but never like I never got like a breakthrough. Like I was yeah. still hitting a wall. Like I wasn't completely getting through. But this time I finally did because um, I was willing to let God take the time, or I was willing to take the time to let God do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, it was like, wow. Yeah. He's just so good. And so tell, tell us, <laughs> have you had depression since? No. <laughs> no. I've, I've felt to come back. Like, like trying to come back, yeah. Um, but no, there's absolutely no space not. For it there's no space for it. God's, anymore. There's no room at the inn, as Todd White likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you know Tom, but his face is is just different. He's, he actually looks angelic. His countenance has changed. So beautiful, Tom. Thanks for sharing. Yes, Sharon, transformational. Just one moment that you've had while you've been here, a transformational moment. Previous churches we've been to, even though they're Pentecostal churches, uh, we came here and there was an altar call. And I sort of said to John, oh, we haven't really had an altar call for a long time. And I hadn't realised until then. So I think that's great. Um, And what you're saying about always having the altar fire going, I think that's a great thing. And some churches have lost that, sadly. That's one of the things about being discipled I guess is learning those keys like I knew it was spiritual and I was praying oh God please help me but having the keys in how to turn it around has really been a great so thing. So good Sharon. Hassidy. So once again a few weeks ago a few of, a few of you would have um, seen Hassidy on the altar and you know Hassidy's had a really tough life and a lot of things have happened to her in her life. But, you know, it would have been quite freaky for some people because she was screaming at the top of her voice. Now, you know, you know that's, that's not normal for church, is it? But it was pretty normal for Jesus. When Jesus went near people, when the disciples went, he sent them out. Go and set the captives free. I've given you the tools. Go and set the captives free. But we shy away from that because it, it can look messy. But I tell you, when you have a baby... It's quite messy, all the mums say. Amen. Yeah, but do we shy away from that? Because we want the baby, don't we? We want to hold that baby and we'll go through any amount of pain or anything to hold that baby in our arms. Now, it's not that we let things happen too wild, but when they do go a little wild, we need to all go, hang on, this is a precious soul and, and right now there's something happening. And I mentioned, to, I said to one of the little kids, have you ever had a splinter? And the little girl said, yeah, I have. Because she would see what Hassidy was going through. It was quite, you know, demonstrative. And have you ever had a Yes, I have. And when mum goes to take that splinter out with a needle, do you scream? She said, yes, I do. I said, but once you get that splinter out, there's no pain anymore, is there? And there's no risk of infection. She said, no. That's exactly what I said. So I just took the splinter out of that lady's heart. Is that okay? And she goes, yeah, that's perfect. So what, ha- what was happening for you, Hassidy, in that freedom journey you had a couple of weeks ago? Yes, uh, two weeks ago we were here with Mick. And uh, when Pastor Phil and Pastor Julie called me come to the front, 
before prayer, then they say um, they feel like a Holy Spirit and the fire of God in this house. So I just run out quickly <laughs> because I really want it. Yeah. And um, why I'm standing at the front and um, Pastor Julie haven't touched me yet, but I hear like just somebody light the fire beside my left ear. Then after that, I fell on the floor. And um, after one minute, then I pray to God and please come and touch me and do whatever you want to clean up bad thing in my body. And I let him. And after that, then um, I've been checking and I feel like something burning in my body from my toe up to my chest and my stomach. Really bad. And uh, I begin to speak in tongue. I don't know what I'm saying. And the Holy Spirit led me and tell me to keep saying it and talking. And until I scream and I feel like something come out from my body and I scream really loud. (laughs) And after that, I scream and Pastor Julie come to tell something bad spirit in my body to come out and in the name of Jesus. And after that, I feel peaceful and I feel love. And I just want to tell everyone in this room, God is real. And the Holy Spirit and the fire of God is real in this house. Thank you. I just think um, you you get transformed. I got transformed every time I come in here because Pastor Julie and Phil carry carry everything on them so all we're going to do is be hungry because there's nothing to be scared of because um, God's a good God and he's only going to give you what you want at a particular time he's not going to overburden you he's not going to overburden you with um with what more you can handle so he's only going to give you that what you can handle that particular time and then all you've got to do is just open your heart open the door and he'll transform you and the rest is easy you can just uh, live life with a complete peace and freedom yeah. Well, I might just I might just talk to you guys about belonging, if that's okay. Yeah. I can see you sighing, going, "Thank God." <laughs> I could feel him going. Argh. It's like it's okay. It's release, release. In Jesus' name. That's that helps being prophetic when I can feel your anxiety. You know, it's like, oh, poor guy. I'm not going to put him through that. No, I want to talk to you now about you know. Are you, are, just, are you guys discovering a sense of belonging here and even identity within yourselves, a sense of belonging to God, to the church? You know, as that, as that, uh, are you feeling that's happening for you? Yes. Um, definitely learning a new experience. I've been, we've been to a couple of churches before and as soon as we walked in here, it was just, it was amazing. It was, I've never felt anything like was there it. a feeling like home? Like yes. A lot of people say that I walk in and I just feel like home. Yes. It That's was... why we put that big sign up there, home. It yep. just feels um, like home. We were both praying and I remember Jilly was up and the 99 has always been something 
for Lee and I remember Julie saying um, about the 99 that first time we came and we we just knew that... That he would leave the 99 and go after the one. Yeah. She said that, that yeah, over Lee. Yeah. And we were both praying for an answer if this was the right church and that was one of the first things Julie said and we just knew, um, yeah, we just knew that you're this home. was the right church, yeah. And your kids are changing too, like, aren't they? Do you want to tell us... Do you, do you want to say something? Oh, you, you're so cheery. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're definitely growing. Um, Tyson at Scripture asked what, like, he was the one that brought us here and asking questions about God, and we didn't know. We had no idea, but um, we we started to, we thought we'd go to church and ask questions and figure it out, and we just haven't left. <laughs> we just haven't. So her, just so clarifying that her little boy was doing Scripture at school, and he came home and asked them questions that they didn't have answers for. So they said, we better go to church and find the answers so we can answer the questions our sons. And that's how they came here. So God's amazing. He's really amazing. Yeah. And um, your son is quite gifted, actually. He's, he's, he's absolutely gorgeous. Got a big your, heart. All your kids. Yeah. He's amazing. He's got a big, very big heart. They're growing. So, yes. Yes. Yep. They're very. What about you, Lee? Sense of belonging? Is there. Yeah. Just like Chris said, when we come through the doors the first time, it was just like, whoa. We just felt. Just the welcoming feeling, just so yeah. peaceful and beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. You know, I feel. You, you, do you feel like when people come to the church? I mean, there was a lovely couple that walked in this morning from Cronulla, and, and as soon as it was just like I, I held the lady's hand. I forgot your name, but that's awful, Mel. Good. Oh, thank you, God. The brain still works. I held Mel's hand, and it was like I'd known her forever. Do you know? It's like. Oh, here's another one of my family members. It's like, that's how it should be. You know, this sense of belonging and, and love. And, and, and I think all these guys could testify to this sense of belonging that they have in this place, how their kids are, are learning to belong. Because, it, you know, and this is the last point I'm going to make here, is that a real value of our hearts is transparency and being real with one another, that, that we could just be ourselves with one another. It's, a, it's a, a core value of our hearts, that there is no hiding. We don't, you know, we're, we're not in Genesis anymore where God goes looking for you and you're hiding behind a bush, where we go looking for each other and we have to pretend we're good Christians. You know, we've got it all together. No, we don't. None of us do. We need each other. We need belonging. We need to love each other. Why don't we give these guys a hand and, and thank them. Love you guys. Thank you. Come on, stand up and give them a clap. So good. So I hope that has helped you today. It's a different kind of service we've had. It's a different, you know, uh, understanding But I just wonder right now if we could just close our eyes in this place for the last moment that we're here. We've gone 10 minutes over, and I'm really sorry for that. But I think that was important to hear the stories, don't you think? Who enjoyed the stories? We've got to hear. We get to know each other, you know. So, Lord, I just thank you right now, right across this room, for your presence here. Father, that we would, as a church body, as a people, that we surrender to the experience, that we 
that we surrender to the transformational journey one step at a time and that we surrender to being vulnerable enough to belong together and fit together as a church. Father, may we be an example to many other places of what God can do when God is real and when people are real and when the two meet. We ask you that you bless our people, that you bless our church in the name of Jesus Christ. And just while every eye is closed, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, hasn't even begun the journey yet, just every eye closed right across this place. Just lift your hand up. We're going to pray for you after the service. But if you'd like to know Jesus, we're going to pray with you a simple prayer and you cross over into this incredible journey. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for that opportunity. And we bless your holy name in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.